Okay, guys, get this story. This is perhaps the funniest story of the day. Absolutely love this. Um, new data shows that 11 out of every 15 restaurants in the Big Apple, yes, New York City, under vaccine mandate, 11 out of every 15 restaurants are not complying with the tyrant, Mayor de Blasio's vaccine mandate. 11 out of 15 are thumbing their nose at de Blasio saying, nope, sorry, dude, we're going to live our lives. We're going to run our businesses. And you as a tyrant are not going to mess them up. So the question I had when I read this story, first of all, by the way, kudos to the restaurant owners in the city of New York. Um, Kudos. This is what I'm talking about. This is what bridges the political divide in our country. When American people, doesn't matter your politics, doesn't matter your religion, doesn't matter what you think of the president, doesn't matter which party you vote for, when people just say enough to politicians in general, enough, we're not going to comply. Mayor de Blasio tried to make these private businesses the enforcers of his mandate. He didn't want to enforce it himself, so he deputized private businesses and said, you have to do the dirty work. You have to be the ones who uh, force your customers or your clientele to be vaccinated. Well, 11 out of 15 are not doing this according to an investigation from the New York Post. That is what I should mention here. This was done by the New York Post. They visited a number of different places and uh, cataloged which restaurants were forcing them to show verification of vaccination and not. Also, I'd be a little remiss if I didn't mention, the New York Post is actually also identifying by name which restaurants are not forcing clients and customers to show vaccination cards. And I have what I have to say to that is, come on, come on. Don't identify these restaurants by name. What are you, a narc? Let them live their lives. Let them do their business because City Hall is not enforcing this. Not really, at least. The city so far has only um, conducted about 5,000 total inspections and they've issued about 2,000 warnings. This is data that comes from City Hall itself. That's not very significant. There haven't been any monetary fines that have been levied yet. So let people live their life. Let people live their life. 11 out of 15 restaurants, this warms my heart. Screw you, de Blasio. Screw you. Stop being you, de Blasio. Stop acting the way that you're acting. There's this one episode of The Office, it's one of my favorite episodes, where Michael Scott says to Toby, the HR agent, he says, I hate so much of who you choose to be. That is exactly how I feel about Bill de Blasio. I hate so much of who you choose to be. And so do all the people in the city. Everyone in the city hates the way that you're choosing to act. We are right. We are correct. We the people. We're correct about how we want COVID-19 handled and you de Blasio are wrong. Screw you, these restaurants refuse to comply. The people running our country are idiots. They're absolutely idiots. There is just no other word that accurately describes this. And because of that, Joe Biden's approval rating is plummeting among a very key demographic for Democrats. We're gonna get to that in a second. I'm Liz Wheeler. Welcome to The Liz Wheeler Show. Joe Biden's approval rating, this is what I like to hear, Joe Biden's approval rating plummets. It drops like a bong among a demographic that the Democrats feel that they have a monopoly on. Oh, we're gonna get to the data in just a second, but first, I am excited, delighted, and honored to announce that this fall, I will be headed to college campuses across America in partnership with my friends at the Young America's Foundation. At these events on your campus, I will be able to talk directly with you, with your peers, about the issues that affect all of our lives, Plus, 
We all love this. I will be taking questions live. Now, YAF is the master of these campus events. They've been hosting speakers on campuses for literally decades. I am thrilled to be working with YAF to come visit your school this year. Starting today, you can put in a request to host an event with me on your campus this fall. It's super easy. All you have to do to request me on your campus is go to lizwheelershow.com slash YAF. That's lizwheelershow.com slash YAF. I always love meeting students on campuses and at YAF's conferences. In fact, it is one of the, my favorite parts of my job. So don't miss out. Put in a request today to host an event with yours truly on your college campus today. If you're interested or if you know a student in your life who is, do not wait. Go to lizwheelershow.com slash YAF today and submit your request. lizwheelershow.com slash YAF. And I'll see you on campus this fall. Okay, Joe Biden's approval rating for the very first time, ladies and gentlemen, drum roll, please. For the very first time, a majority of the American people disapprove of President Joe Biden's performance in office. That's right. 53% of American voters think President Biden is doing a really bad job. Thumbs down on Joe Biden. 53% a majority disapprove of President Biden's performance. I just like to us to take a moment and soak in this information. Because so often it can be depressing, it can be heavy, it can be so demoralizing to read the news and hear the Democrats lying and people believing the Democrats lie. Well, just a second. Maybe people aren't believing the lies as much as we assume. Because a majority of Americans think that President Biden is doing a bad job. In fact, it's not just overall, it's not just American voters in general, all American voters, who are losing faith in President Biden. Joe Biden is now less popular with black voters after he issued the vaccine mandate. That's right. A key demographic with Demo which Democrats very disrespectfully, insultingly feel that they have a majority, or not a majority, a monopoly on, are saying no to Joe Biden because Joe Biden is trying to use the power of government to coerce black Americans to take a vaccine that they want to have the personal choice whether to get or not to get, not have Joe Biden boss them around. So this is the number. Um, the net approval among black voters is down 12 points, 12 points with black voters since Biden made the announcement of this vaccine mandate on September 9th. So the numbers, of course, are still high. The Democrats or Joe Biden, I should say, still does hold a uh, majority support of black voters. But 71% of black voters now approve of Biden. That is down five points five points in just a couple weeks since the vaccine mandates. And get this, the number of black voters who disapprove of Biden rose seven points. Seven points in a couple weeks, all the way up to 24%. That's a pretty big deal. Joe Biden certainly deserves it. He certainly deserves it because, as we said yesterday, everything that's happening to us isn't just happening arbitrarily. It's happening because Joe Biden has made the choice for it to happen. And it's happening because the people who run our country are idiots. They're idiots. They're not stupid. There's a different be difference between being stupid and being an idiot. Someone who's stupid is bumbling, incompetent, ignorant. They don't know what they're talking about. And they implement policies not knowing the repercussions of their policies. That's someone who's stupid. The Biden administration is not stupid. They are idiots. Idiots meaning they know full well the repercussions of their policies. They know the devastation that it's going to impose on the American people and on our country in general, and yet they choose these policies anyway because the result of the policies is twofold. Sure, the, intent, the unintended consequences, which hurt the American people, they want the intended consequences. The intended consequences of many of these policies 
are Marxism. And so the Biden administration and everybody, every politician, all the people running our country right now are absolutely idiots. Here's an example of what I'm talking about. The Biden administration is releasing Haitian migrants into the United States on a very large scale right now, according to many reports. Now, you might, you might be thinking, well, the Biden administration said that all of these migrants are going to face immediate expulsion on flights back to Haiti. And you'd be correct that that's what the Biden administration said. They lied. They lied to us because they don't want to tell us the truth. Um, this is the exact quote, actually, from the Department of Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas. He claimed just a couple days ago, he said, if you come to the United States illegally, you will be returned. Your journey will not succeed, and you will be endangering your life and your family's life. But that's not true. What's true is the Biden administration is releasing thousands and thousands and thousands of migrants from Haiti, the ones who we watched crossing the Rio Grande, the ones who are camping out under the bridge in Del Rio, Texas, the ones we saw tangle with Border Patrol agents on their horses who were using their reins, these migrants are being released by the Biden administration into the United States, and they are told, they're told, well, just come back to, your, to a court date in 60 days. You can go ahead and go free in the United States and come back in 60 days. And we're going to talk about just how idiotic that is in just a second. Um, I also got into it recently on Twitter, got into a little debate, if you will, with the Socialist Party, a blue check mark next to the Socialist Party's uh, account on Twitter. They got into it with me for a tweet, which we're going to talk about in a second. But first, let me talk to you about Nutrafol. I today would like to call out to all uh, men watching the show, specifically all bald men or men who are not yet bald, but perhaps fear going bald. If you fear your hair is going to get thinner, if your hair is getting thinner, well, there's a solution for you. Nope, it's not a pharmaceutical. Nope, it won't impact your sex drive. What I'm talking about is Nutrafol. Nutrafol is a holistic solution to thinning hair, um, and it works. It works clinically proven to work, which is why doctors all over the country, 1,500 top doctors, in fact, actually recommend Nutrafol for thinning hair. So I recommend it to you. You can grow thicker, healthier hair and benefit. You can support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code Liz to save $15 off your first month subscription here. This is their best offer anywhere. It's only available to U.S. customers for a limited time. Plus, you get free shipping on every order. Get $15 off at Nutrafol.com. It's spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code Liz. You have to use the promo code if you want the good deals. Nutrafol.com, promo code Liz. Grow healthier hair. You deserve it. Go ahead and try it. Okay, so we'll, we'll, get, to the, we'll get to the Socialist Party uh, little debate on Twitter here in just a second. I, I, I want to follow up on this thought. So all of these migrants from Haiti are being released into the United States by the Border Patrol at the behest, of course, of the Biden administration. It's not the Border Patrol agent's decision. Um, they have to follow the law. So Border Patrol says, and this is, this is the most sneaky get-around that the Biden administration has created for these migrants. The Border Patrol says that they are releasing so-called family units into the United States. We talked about that a little bit yesterday, um, how there are rings, child, basically human trafficking rings of children that coyotes and cartels use to claim their families. But it, it gets worse. Now, all that has to happen is a woman has to, all, all she has to do is claim that she's pregnant and she and you know, whoever is with her are released into the U.S. as a family unit. All she has to do is make the verbal claim that she's pregnant. To my knowledge, it doesn't even have to be confirmed. 
All she has to do is claim that she's pregnant, released into the United States, told to report back for a court date in 60 days for the asylum claim to be adjudicated. Can you believe how insane that is? I mean, again, the people running our country are idiots because they know full well that if you allow someone to go free in the United States after crossing our border illegally, they're not going to come back for a court date. And this is not this is not hypothetical. This is not just an inference of human nature, although you could just use an inference of human nature, but it's not. The actual data shows that the majority of migrants who are released into the United States do not come back. The former acting DHS secretary under, under President Trump, it's Kevin McAleenan, was asked, you might remember this actually, was asked in the Senate by uh, Senator Graham, what percentage of the people who are given a court date actually come back and show up for the silent hearing? And this is what the former acting secretary said. He said, quote, so it depends on the demographic of the court, but we do see too many cases where people are not showing up. We did an expedited pilot with family units this year with ICE and the immigration courts. Out of those 7,000 cases, 90% received final orders of removal in absentia. 90%. End quote. 90% don't show up. Honestly, to be perfectly honest, I'm sort of surprised that the 10% even do. Like, why would you if you already were trying to come here illegally and you got released into the United States and you knew that you could get away with it? Why would you come back and show up? But one out of 10 apparently do. Nine out of 10 do not. So th this is what I mean when I say are the people running our country are idiots. They're not stupid. They know what they're doing. They know that if you release family units into the United States, 90% of them don't show up for their court date. So we have to ask, well, why are they doing that? Because they know that the um, consequences of this are going to be burdens on our welfare system. It's going to be a lot of employers who are now facing this choice. Do I hire labor that's, you know, a citizen or a legal worker here in the United States? Do I hire illegal labor for cheaper? I mean, th this is going to change the demographics of our country. And I'm not talking about the racial demographics, so liberals can just calm it down right now. I'm talking about it, it changes how our labor force works when you have people in our country who either aren't paying taxes or who are living in the shadows because it actually takes this idea of minimum wage and it obliterates an actual, um, an actual market-based solution to wages because you have all these illegal aliens who are living in the shadows who are willing to be paid basically nothing in order to make money. At the same time, they're receiving welfare benefits on the back of the American taxpayer, right? So the people running our country are idiots because they're willing to put this burden on the back of the American taxpayer. And we should ask ourselves why. Why are they doing this? Why, why would they put this burden on you? Why would they put this burden on me? Why would they, um, why would they flood our welfare system? And the answer to that, I've been doing a lot of studying lately on you know, the Frankfurt School and on critical theory and on what in the 1960s was called the new left in our country, this, this Marxist movement that infiltrated our university system as we know, and that's now trickled into almost every cultural aspect of our life. I've been doing a lot of reading because I wanna understand what we're up against. I wanna know exactly what the strategies, the tactics, the philosophies, the ideologies of these radical leftists are because if we don't understand our enemy, how on earth are we supposed to defeat it? And what I've come across is a strategy called the Cloward-Piven strategy. Again, came from the new left in the 1960s, and the Cloward-Piven strategy was written, and I'll post a link to this full, this full op-ed written by, well, Cloward and Piven, duh. I'll post a link to this on Twitter and on Locals so that you can read it yourself. But in a nutshell, the Cloward-Piven strategy uh, is advocating for a universal basic income, meaning the obliteration of the free market, the obliteration of a labor-driven 
economy here. They just want the government to, you know, spread the wealth around, if you will, take from the rich and give to the poor. Well, the Cloward Piven strategy of how we get from where we are right now um, in this free market capitalistic system where government doesn't have a right to take your money to universal basic income on a large scale, taking away from the rich, giving to people who don't work, Cloward and Piven came up with a strategy. Their strategy is flood the welfare system. Flood the welfare system with as many people as we possibly can in order specifically to cause the welfare system to collapse. Because when the welfare system collapse, really the only option would be sort of an austerity-driven uh, tactic on one extreme, or it's going to cause it's going to cause socialism. It's going to cause redistribution of wealth. It's going to cause this universal basic income. And Cloward and Piven knew very well that given the trajectory of our nation and the trajectory of progressive ideology, that people are going to turn, they're going to be more willing, especially when led by very far left politicians, to turn to this strain of Marxism, to the strain of socialism, to the redistribution of wealth, to get me what's free so that I don't have to work. Who cares if it's taking out of the wallet or the pocketbook or the paycheck of other Americans? So this Cloward Piven strategy, when I read this, I thought, well, that's exactly what's happening at the border. Now, Cloward and Piven did not specifically identify the border as a way to flood the welfare system. They actually had a different idea. They wanted to, quote unquote, educate Americans about every single welfare benefit that every single person was, um, quote unquote, entitled to, so that everybody applied for it at the same time and thus overwhelmed the system. But the Cloward Piven strategy of overwhelming the system can be achieved through multiple mediums. And one of those mediums we're watching unfold right now. We're seeing as these people, these migrants, these so-called asylum seekers, the majority of whom are not, as they flood across our border, as the Biden administration gives them a very easy workaround of being put on a flight back to Haiti, telling women, all you have to do is claim that you're pregnant and you get released into the United States. We'll tell you to come back in 60 days, but we have the data. We know that 90% of you won't. But what we know they will do, these migrants, we know that they will go on welfare. We know that they will flood our system. We know that they will cost a lot of money. We know that they're going to cause the collapse of the welfare system. And that's what's so idiotic about the people that run our country, because they know what, we're, what they're doing. They know what they're doing. And they're willing to do it to us anyway. So again, I, I do want to talk about the Socialist Party back and forth um, that I had on Twitter, because of course the Socialist Party is in favor of all this redistribution of wealth, the obliteration of capitalism. They demonize the free market. But I, I, I think it's a really important thing to note, especially when studying all of this Marxism from the new left in the 1960s. Marxists are targeting the cultural institutions in our country, and specifically, they're targeting our children. They're targeting our children in schools, as we know, with critical race theory. In, there was, there's a high school uh, in LA called Alexander Hamilton High School, and there is an F the police poster hanging in the classroom of that class. Hanging in the classroom, an F the police poster. This is obviously indoctrination. It's obviously racialism. It's obviously critical race theory. Marxists are targeting our children with critical race theory, with unscientific mask mandates. I mean, even, even, even a Harvard Medical School professor named Jeffrey Flyer says, we lack credible evidence for the benefits of masking children between the ages of two and five, despite what the American Academy of Pediatrics says. Well, duh. Ask any parent, and any parent can tell you that there's no credible evidence that it harms children more than it uh, prevents anything from happening. But they're targeting our children on purpose with unscientific mask mandates, with transgender propaganda, with radical sex ed, with anti-American ideology, 
our children are being targeted with anti-American ideology, such as campus reform went to the um, went to the University of Florida and asked students, did a man on the street interview with students at the University of Florida, asking them if they thought the Constitution was a good document or bad document, and if they'd be willing to sign a petition to, to get rid of the Constitution, to ditch it, to rewrite it and redo it. And this is what American students said. Take a listen. What do you guys think of the Constitution? Absolutely terrible. Needs to be redone immediately. I think it needs a lot more reform for the changes that have happened since then. Um, I think a lot of the things in there, they do need to be like um, reevaluated, re I guess. I think we just need to update it on like more equality, equity, stuff like that. Okay, so the Constitution, I feel like it's outdated, like some of the stuff on there. Um, I think that our Constitution that we have for America is is to some degree outdated, but I also think it is very historical. I'm going around with this petition. As you can see, I've already gotten some of your fellow students to sign a petition to abolish the Constitution, create a whole new one, to be more inclusive, you know, more politically aware of our surroundings in 2021. Would you guys be willing to sign this petition? Yes, of course. Mm-hmm. Yes. Would you be willing to sign that? Sure. It should be abolished. Like, it's time for a new constitution. It wasn't like pronouns like they, them, stuff like that either. So we should include the new pronouns in the constitution? Yeah, like to make everyone feel included. So I'm always shocked when I hear things like this and never surprised. I'm not surprised because this is what the left wants. This is their strategy. The left wants to turn the United States of America into a Marxist nation and they're brainwashing the next generation to do it. They know that the best way to usher in Marxism, it isn't to spark a worker-led revolution. It isn't even the Black Lives Matter protests and uh, all these attacks on cultural institution. As much damage as that does inflict, and it does, the best way to turn America into a Marxist nation is to indoctrinate children because then once the children are grown, they're going to already be Marxists. They're going to have all this Marxist ideology that's been ingrained in them since they were children. Um, Okay, the Socialist Party on Twitter, we really are getting to that. And we're getting to this crazy, crazy nutso thing the government did um, with Chinese drones. But first, let me talk to you about The Spectator. Most of us don't like the mainstream media, and there's a reason why it's biased, it's horrible, and they lie. But The Spectator does not. As the longest-running magazine in the world, The Spectator believes that journalism must be witty and insightful, and more importantly, that ideas should be discussed without the constant threat of cancellation. You just bring your opinion you bring your opinion to the court of public opinion and you make your case for it. You don't worry about the consequences. You don't worry that you're going to be canceled for an unpopular opinion. Well, the spectator respects that. They also never confuse the serious with the dull. They're not right-wing or left-wing. They believe in challenging, informing, and entertaining readers. So sign up today and you'll receive three free months of both the print and the digital magazine, plus a free spectator hat, if you use the offer code Liz at checkout you will redeem the special offer just for listeners of this podcast. Just go to spectatorworld.com slash special offer and use the offer code Liz. I love The Spectator. I think you will too. Even if you disagree with the politics, you're guaranteed to be entertained. So sign up today to get three months of The Spectator for free plus a free Spectator hat when you subscribe at spectatorworld.com slash special offer. Be sure to remember to use the offer code Liz at checkout. Spectatorworld.com slash special offer promo code Liz. Okay. The Socialist Party. So the point that I just made uh, here that we're talking about, how Marxists are attacking, deliberately attacking our children in all of these different ways in order to indoctrinate them because they want the next generation of Americans to be Marxist. I made this point on Twitter. I said, Marxists are targeting our kids with critical race theory, unscientific masks, 
uh, mask mandates, transgender propaganda, radical sex ed, anti-American ideology, and the Socialist Party, the blue checkmark Socialist Party, part of the elite, which is funny given the socialist ideology. Um, the Socialist Party responded to me and um, contradicted everything I said, except they said Marxists are targeting kids with advocacy of a society without exploitation and deprivation of the majority due to unjust ownership of resources and industries. First of all, LOL, when the Socialist Party tries to rebut reality. Here's what I would say, and here's what I did say back to the Socialist Party. Name for me one country in the entire history of the world where socialism has not resulted in oppression, deprivation of human rights, starvation, poverty, and or mass death. The Socialist Party responded to me, of course, of course they did. Um, and they said, I enjoy these, uh, these little tete-a-tetes on Twitter because I think it shows exactly what the socialist ideology, the flaws of the socialist ideology, this is what they responded. They said, quote, this is exactly what we have to repeatedly tell people who have been duped into thinking that socialism, quote, has been tried and failed. In reality, being a post-capitalist system that comes about only after global capitalism is abandoned, it has not yet begun, end quote. All of the grammatical mistakes, all of theirs, very difficult to read, but I wanted to give you a the realistic view of what they are, and clearly grammar is not one of their strong suits. Um, okay, so this is the most elementary argument for socialism in the entire world, that it would work if we just did it right. Everyone else who's tried it just hasn't done it right. Hasn't done it right. So this is how we rebut that. If it hasn't been done right, what would it look like? Would Who would be the one to implement this? Who would be in charge of this? If in fact we have no hierarchy in a socialist system, then who's going to tell the rich people to give away their money to the poor people? And who's going to allow the poor people to steal from the rich people? And who is going to enforce the laws if there's no hierarchy, if we're all on this, this even ground? Who's going to enforce the laws when someone breaks them? The reality is there's no such thing as a fully collectivist society. It's ridiculous. It's so ignorant. It's historically... It's historically been contradicted a million times. I mean, China tried perhaps the greatest socialist experiment in the history of the world, and what happened is 50 million people died. They were murdered and they starved to death. They were in poverty, and they're still oppressed under communism to this day. And the Soviet Union, people lined up to eat and were eating shoes. They lined up in bread lines, but they were forced to eat their shoes because they were starving to death. Look at Venezuela. Every time that a market-based system devolves into the socialist utopia of collectivism where no one owns you know, the means of production and distribution. Everyone owns it. It requires a dictator to take away from people who have a fundamental human right to own the fruits of their labor. And in order to take that away from people, that requires violence because people rightfully want to defend what is theirs. So the Socialist Party is trying to indoctrinate youth by being cool and hip on Twitter when really they're just big old ignoramuses of history. But again, this is why the people running our country are idiotic because even the Socialist Party, they're supposed to be the literal spokespeople of this ideology that the Democrat Party in our country has embraced. They can't even answer a basic historical question, where has it been tried? They just say, well, if we tried it, if you trust us, it would be different. I don't think so. You're not that special and it has been tried. But the people running our country are idiots because they know what would happen and yet they hold on to this anyway. 
the people running our country, the Biden administration and everybody else, are also idiots because they are willing to um, put the national security of our country at risk by buying Chinese drones. Yes, as if we didn't already realize that China was a threat to our country after they unleashed the coronavirus, COVID-19, on our nation after it leaked, yes, leaked, from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Why on earth would you trust China? Why on earth? What would possess you to trust the Chinese? Yet our federal government is buying Chinese drones to use in federal law enforcement, despite the fact that multiple federal agencies have warned that this is a serious national security risk to critical infrastructure in our nation. The Secret Service bought eight of these Chinese drones this year. This year. This was after, by the way, this purchase came after the Department of Defense released a statement saying that these Chinese products, quote, pose potential threats to national security. Yeah, no dip. You think the Chinese are gonna spy on us? You think they're gonna use it for data collection? You think they're gonna use it for backdoor entrance into critical infrastructure? What is Biden just sitting there like, oh no, I trust the Chinese. I don't think they're gonna do any of that. They're just selling us products because it's a free market. No. No, you're an idiot if you think that. Only idiots would think that. The FBI also bought 19 of these drones. Uh, the Pentagon, again, after the Pentagon, warned that the systems produced, it's called Dejong Innovations, DJI is the name, the brand name of these drones, that they pose potential threats to national security risk. It's, by the way, questionably, I would like to know whether this is against the law that the federal government, the Biden administration is purchasing this. Because in 2019, Congress actually passed legislation that banned the purchase and use of drones and other electronic components that were manufactured in China. This is the federal government being prohibited from doing this. So if the Biden administration is doing this, isn't this against the law? Doesn't it violate the actual statutes that we have on the books that govern what the federal government can purchase from China? If someone who is a more brilliant legal mind than me, please, please send me the answer to that question because it seems to me, wouldn't this be against the law if it's against the law and the Biden administration did it? That's what they're doing. Well, the Department of Homeland Security had warned all the way back in 2017 that uh, they had, quote, moderate confidence that Chinese-based company DJI Science and Technology is providing U.S. critical infrastructure and law enforcement data to the Chinese government. Well, I hope they didn't spend a lot of money on that study because I could have told them that for five bucks. The Department of Homeland Security said they also have high confidence that DJI is selectively targeting government and privately owned entities within these sectors to expand its ability to collect and exploit sensitive U.S. data. They said they also, Department of Homeland Security, high confidence a foreign government with access to this information could easily coordinate physical or cyber attacks against critical sites. This is a really serious national security threat to our country, a really serious one. And it's known it's not an accident. It's not an oversight. It's not ignorance. The people running our country are idiots. They're willing to put you and I and our families and our neighborhoods and our communities and our states and our entire, our entire nation coast to coast in danger because what, they have to buy these Chinese drones? There isn't, there isn't drones from anybody else. Not drones developed in the United States by any of our allies. Ones that are safe for use for federal law enforcement. No, no, we have to buy from the Chinese only an idiot would do that. Idiots, perhaps like the FBI director, Christopher Wray, huge disappointment, utterly corrupt as the rest of them. He recently said that domestic terrorism in the United States is now a greater threat than the threat of jihadis. Now, he specifically, not just domestic terrorism, 
He identified white supremacy. He says there are twice as many white supremacy investigations as there were just a couple of years ago. And he said, he said, now here's the thing. If that's true, that's awful. It's awful. But we have to ask, is that true? What is the definition of a white supremacy domestic terror threat? Because if it's actually individuals that harbor this poisonous ideology and are willing to commit violence in the name of this ideology, then good God, put FBI agents on it and put it to a stop. But forgive me if I don't take the FBI director's word for it. Forgive me if I'm suspicious that the FBI is merely calling other people who aren't white supremacists, they're merely being labeled as white supremacists in a political effort to smear them. Now, the reason that I'm suspicious is obvious. The FBI is corrupt to the bone, clearly. But also, because in the same sentence, the FBI director said that January 6th shows the willingness of extremists to use violence. No, don't get me wrong. I don't condone the violence that happened on January 6th. I don't know anybody who should be taken seriously who does condone that violence. But is January 6th a bigger threat than radical Islamists, than the Taliban harboring al-Qaeda in Afghanistan who still want to hurt us of ISIS? Really? January 6th? The guy with the horns that lives in his mother's basement? That scares you more than a radical Islamist who's willing to blow himself up to kill 13 U.S. service members in Afghanistan? What about Black Lives Matter then? the riots that we saw, the vandalism, the arson. Is that not supposed to tell us something either? What does that tell us about the black supremacy, anti-white views of the radicals who run Black Lives Matter? Are they not a terror threat? Are there not more FBI agents put on those cases to protect the innocent people harmed by the Black Lives Matter rioters? Well, no, no. Christopher Ray said nothing about that. Nothing whatsoever about that, about the racialism that we've seen coming from the left and the justification of violence from the left based on that racialism. Because the people running our country are absolute idiots. The people running our country know what they're doing. They're not just stupid. Again, there's a difference between being stupid and being an idiot. They're not stupid. They know what they're doing. They're trying to define, in this case, the FBI under the Biden administration trying to define Trump supporters, conservatives, Christians, anybody who contradicts the radical leftist ideology as a terror threat. We are not. It's half the country you're talking about. I have never in my life seen the left be as divisive as they are now that they're resorting, not just to saying, oh yeah, I live next door to this person and we don't, we don't agree politically, or that's my political opponent, you know, respect him, don't agree with him at all. No, no. Now the left says, if you disagree with us, we will label you as a terrorist, a domestic terror threat. People running our country are absolute idiots. So Peter Daszak of EcoHealth Alliance blocked me a couple months ago on Twitter. I think I mentioned that. Um, hilarious, because I was one of the first to call him out for lying about his role in gain-of-function experiments at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. He obviously took money from Fauci's NIH and gave it, subcontracted it to the Wuhan Institute of Virology to the bat lady who was conducting gain-of-function experiments on bat-derived coronaviruses to try to make them infect humans and to weaponize them. We all know that that happened. It, of course, led to COVID-19, which most likely, probably, obviously did leak from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Well, back then, when I said all this, Peter Daszak blocked me on Twitter, even though I don't even think I tagged him. I think he just saw the show, heard what I said, and was fussy that I was right. So he blocked me. Well, turns out I was right, and it's actually much, much, much 
worse than I originally said. There are new papers out, new information, new grant proposals that have been released. These were um, papers that were obtained by The Telegraph that showed that Peter Daszak, among other scientists at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, wanted to release, essentially, it sounded like an experimental vaccine of sorts into the air. This is according to The Telegraph. Quote, new documents show that just 18 months before the first COVID-19 cases appeared, researchers at the Wuhan Institute of Virology had submitted plans to release skin-penetrating nanoparticles containing novel chimeric spike proteins of bat coronaviruses into cave bats in China. Papers confirmed as genuine by a former member of the Trump administration show they were hoping to introduce human-specific cleavage sites to bat coronaviruses, which would make it easier for the virus to enter human cells. End quote. As if that's not horrifying enough, releasing nanoviruses, skin-penetrating nanoviruses into the air, Daszak had the audacity to try to get the U.S. government to pay for it. He tried, he sought a $14 million grant from the U.S.'s Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. Thank God, thank God it got rejected. DARPA, to its credit, said it's clear that the proposed project led by Peter Daszak could have put local communities at risk. Yes, yes, you think, you think. But the fact that Peter Daszak was proposing such horrific experiments, and he was still getting money from Fauci's NIH. Not stupid, idiotic. The people running our governments are idiots. They know the results, the ramifications, the consequences, the damage, the evil, and yes, the death that can and will be caused by the policies that they not only allow, but they deliberately implement. They deliberately impose on the American people. They are idiots. Joe Biden's team has cut him off multiple times at the microphone. We all know that. And it's awkward for us all because we know that his team simply doesn't want him to talk because he's out there. Man, he is not well. He will say things that will get the Biden administration in a lot of hot water with the American people. And so they cut him off regularly. But it this is, this is a, just a whole new level. It's disrespectful. It is, I have never before seen the communications team of a sitting U.S. president cut off a foreign leader. That's right. Biden's communication team cut off Boris Johnson, the prime minister of the U.K. They cut him off mid-sentence. Not They didn't cut his mic. They shouted over him to get the press to leave the Oval Office. All in an effort, of course, to avoid Biden talking to the press. You have to see this. Watch. Uh, interrupts or uh, unbalances the the Belfast Good Friday uh, Accords, that's the uh, Belfast Good Friday Agreement. That's, that's the... Oh, yeah. I, I, I think that's... Thank you, thank you, thank you, Doesn't that just make you wonder more what Biden would have said? Because Biden's perhaps both stupid and an idiot, but Biden's team knows that they're policies are dangerous. I mean, the people running our country are idiots. They are unfit. They are incompetent. They're Marxists. And their goal is to usher in Marxism without the American people even knowing. It's horrifying. Okay, our moment of levity for today. I don't know if this is funny or if this is just 
one watches this and doesn't even know how to react. Bill Gates was asked about why on earth, what kind of lapse in judgment, what kind of idiocy would have caused him to continue to dine with Jeffrey Epstein back when Epstein was alive, even after Bill, it was public knowledge, so Bill Gates had to know that Epstein uh, was credibly accused. And I believe in some point, at some point, even not, not convicted, but he reached a plea bargain for his underage sex crimes or sex crimes with underage girls. And Bill Gates continued to dine with him. He was asked about this on the media today. And this is what Bill Gates, of all the things in the world, this is what Bill Gates decided to say in response. Take a listen. And, you know, I've said I regretted having those dinners. Uh, and there's nothing, absolutely nothing new on that. Is there a lesson for you, for anyone else looking looking at this? Well, he's dead. So, uh, you know, in general, you always have to be careful. Uh. Okay. He's dead. It, are we just allowed to use this now if we don't want to answer a question? Well, he's dead. End of story. End of discussion. Well, you know, I'd love to answer the question, but he's dead. He's dead. I, I never thought Bill Gates had anything to do with the very shady death of Jeffrey Epstein, but uh, this makes me think that he does. This may, not, not credibly, but I mean, listen to this. What possibly could have possessed him to use this as a talking point? He's dead. Therefore, I'm exonerated because he's gone. He's off. He's gone. He's dead. I don't even know how to respond besides um, his, his crisis PR team must just be pulling their hair out right now. Bill Gates. Uh, he deserves to be dragged, by the way, for what for how many times he dined with Epstein. What a couple of absolute creeps. All right, our locals VIP of the week is, let's see who we have here, James Lindsay 113 James, welcome to the Liz Wheeler Show community on Locals. We are so glad to have you. Please make a post, introduce yourself, tell everyone uh, about yourself and what you love about conservatism and what you think the biggest threat to our country is today. Everyone else watching the show, if you're not already a member of the Liz Wheeler Show community on Locals, I humbly invite you to join us. There's tens of thousands of us who uh, congregate together. We are like-minded people. We don't agree on everything, but we're like-minded. We discuss issues at their core without fear of censorship because, as you know, Locals is dedicated to free speech. So lizwheelershow.com slash Locals. James Lindsay, good to have you. All right, the great and powerful Jay Hay says, we are out of time for today. Lots more to talk about coming up. Until then... Think for yourself. Use critical thought, reject critical theory, question authority, follow the facts, and don't let government, the idiots who run our government, or corporate wokeism, or cultural Marxism, or anybody bully you into being a sheep. Please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show. The Liz Wheeler Show is produced by Jonathan Hay. Executive producer, Chad Abbott. Director of Photography, Kevin McRoberts. Editor, Alejandro Figuerilla. Assistant Editor, Michael Wall. Sound Mixer, Robin Fenderson. Post-Production Manager, Victoria Metzel. Director of Marketing, Emily Washler. Production and Talent Coordinator, Matt Toffler. And Senior Publicist, Patricia Jackson. This has been a Soundfront production.